0: Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University, offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to Saint Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. For 6 years, a case involving a Colorado baker has been bouncing around the courts after he refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. He claimed it was contrary to his religious beliefs. The couple said it was discrimination. This week, the US Supreme Court had what may or may not be the final say. It ruled 7 to 2 in favor of the baker. Here to help us understand the implications of the case is Ann Gardy-Rathert, professor of legal studies at Webster University. She also also directs the Willow Project. It provides legal assistance to female victims of injustice. And thanks for being with us.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: We have a lot of territory to cover in a short period of time. Right. This uh, court ruling was described as narrow. Uh, what does that mean?
1: Well, it's really an interesting case because the court could have gone in a variety of ways here, but they limited, almost sidestepped the main issues that were Apparently before the court, and I think a lot of people were surprised by that. So, what really happened was that um, the court could have talked about, um, you know, free speech, free expression, artistic expression. Could have talked talked more about the free exercise clause of religion. Could have talked about. Equal protection, but instead it seemed to focus on uh, the acts of the civil, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, in um, showing some outward hostility toward the religion of the baker. So this case doesn't really tell us much in terms of what precedent it sets. It really, um, it, it, it sort of um, assures people that. Their rights are being taken seriously, both their religious freedom rights and their rights to not be discriminated against as members of the LGBT community, uh, and uh, and also tells the government not to put their own um, their own sort of framework around religious freedom, not to dismiss other. Uh, People's beliefs as unimportant or offensive or insignificant, uh, and so it, in in many ways it doesn't really answer anything that anyone expected it would, but it does sort of set the stage for ongoing litigation, um, you know, and and uh, particularly for anti-discrimination law.
0: A, a, a lot of people thought when they heard the ruling ruling in favor of the baker that this was going to open the door for, for any business to refuse to do business with the gays if they chose to do so.
1: Right. And I think that, unfortunately, I think a lot of people are interpreting it that way because, um, you know, when you hear that you know, one side won, as you do in a United States Supreme Court case, you sort of assume that all of their arguments um, are on the winning side. Mm-hmm. So you might assume that there is a religious exception to um, anti-discrimination laws. That is not what this case says in any way. Um, and so many people, I think, are interpreting it like that, well, you know, the the religious community won, uh, superseded the rights of the First Amendment, I mean, superseded the rights of equal protection and anti discrimination. That is not the case. And so, um, you know, all we really can get out of this is that the government cannot show hostility toward anyone's serious beliefs and can't dismiss them or consider them to be pretextual even.
0: Another part of this issue was the claim on the part of the baker that the creative expression was at the issue, here, and that uh, it w- was uh, identified as Free speech?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, within the free speech mm-hmm. realm, they it includes, of course, artistic expression. Again, though, the court doesn't really get to whether or not baking a cake is artistic expression. Um, but the way the court has dealt with it in the past is a sort of a two-pronged test. If it falls within a traditionally considered expressive speech, such as Poetry or music or paintings, those kinds of traditional things. Then they they say that uh, you know the courts can't really interfere with the free speech rights of the individual. Baking a cake has never felt uh, fell within that traditional role. So then you sort of go to the second prong of the test, which is whether or not the message is clear and concise coming from that. And and so, again, they didn't reach that. They didn't get to whether, you know, the, the baker's argument that um, baking a cake for a couple in this situation would – uh, be his speech, that it would be his artistic expression, and that people would receive that message as his endorsement and or celebration of that marriage. Uh, the court didn't get that to that point. That was the argument that clearly the baker was making, but uh, again, undecided.
0: Uh, another comment from the baker, he wrote that uh, he wouldn't make a cake with, anti-American mes- with an anti-American message either. Is this the same thing?
1: Well, you know, I don't know that uh, patriotism and religion are necessarily the same thing. I I think that certainly patriotism can be a very deeply held belief. But it isn't the same as uh, a religious expression or a religious belief. So I, I don't think those two things are necessarily analogous. Yeah.
0: He says that uh, he was saying no to baking the cake, not to the couple.
1: Right. And that's kind of problematic, too. The, the courts have already um, sort of dealt with this in the realm of LGBTQ rights in prior legal uh, cases from the United States Supreme Court, Romer versus Evans and Lawrence versus Texas. Uh, in which they essentially said you cannot really separate the status of a person as LGBTQ identifying from their conduct. In other words, the two are inherent to each other and you know can't be separated. And that's what this baker was essentially doing. When the, the couple came into the cake shop, he didn't turn them away um, as a gay couple. It, in fact, he said that he would sell them any other bakery items, such as cookies, brownies, or even a birthday cake, but that uh, specifically he wouldn't sell them a wedding cake because he believed it was an expression of his celebration and approval.
0: Well, he said, I think, I think I have this right, that – a a wedding and a wedding cake are part of a religious celebration, and that's how it violated uh, his his feeling about religion and right. his religious rights.
1: Right, I, and I think you know he w- at the time it's it's important also to keep this sort of in a historical context because in 2012 when this series of events occurred. Um, we didn't yet have Obergefell, the United States Supreme Court case from 2015 that gay, gave granted marriage. You're right, yeah. marriage equality uh, for everyone. So this is 2012 in Colorado. So Colorado didn't have um, you know, so-called same-sex marriage rights. And so this couple actually was flying to Massachusetts to get married legally mm-hmm. because Massachusetts did allow marriage equality. And then they were coming back for their reception in Colorado with their friends and family. So that's what they were asking for the cake to be part of the reception, so it wasn't even part of the ceremony, which um, you know might change things as well. But again, the Supreme Court does, doesn't really address that either.
0: Did the court punt on this issue?
1: I, I well, you know, it depends on who you ask, I suppose. Yeah. But I, I think they did sidestep it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, they they were careful to delineate what rights were for future cases, and in fact. Um, Justice Kennedy wrote this opinion. He also wrote the opinion in Obergefell, the marriage equality case. And so he says at some point that, um, you know, it's it's for future cases with different facts to elaborate on and and clarify. But he clearly implies that, um, you know, a state is entitled to have public accommodations requirements that are anti-discrimination. So the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act was valid and and you know uh, included sexual orientation, so in the normal course of events, someone couldn't turn away a person based on their lgbtq status in Colorado, but it was more this situation in which this person was claiming a religious exception
0: so it did acknowledge in the ruling that there was a discrimination element to this case.
1: Absolutely. And but it's it's sort of interesting because that is somewhat specific to Colorado in having this act. Not every state has it. Missouri for instance where we're sitting um does not have these kinds of specific protections for people uh, you know under Missouri law for employment or housing or public accommodations. But Colorado has a long history of um, anti-discrimination legislation and in 2007 or 2008 added sexual orientation to that. And mm. so people cannot turn away someone uh, you know, from a, a restaurant, a hotel, a bakery. Um, but in this yeah. particular situation, I think the baker was hoping to carve out a religious exception for his artistic
0: Are you aware of any other cases that are out there that are on a path that could take this issue back to the court?
1: There is a case that uh, specifically um, deals with a florist who turned down a gay couple that came in. And, um, you know, it's unclear— I don't think it's as clear in that case that the person is necessarily using religion um to to claim that they have, you know, an exception. So I think that'll be interesting it may not be exactly the same set of facts in that it won't necessarily talk about free exercise of religion, but there are clearly other cases that are out there, you know, having to do with videographers of weddings, even wedding halls that have turned down people. And so I think um the fear is uh among uh, the LGBT community and others who are concerned that somehow this is going to create a second-class status for people. So if someone you know is entitled entitled to marriage, but then they can't get a a hall to have the reception or a cake or florist or whatever. It's sort of a slippery slope in which, you know, people are continued to be regarded as somehow less than others.
0: The columnist George Will has a column out today that deals with this issue. And he says that expressive activities merit some constitutional protection, but not everything expressive is important as speech.
1: Right. And, um, you know, I, I think that goes back to that same two-pronged test. Is this really artistic expression it you know it isn't the baker's speech necessarily because when you commission a wedding cake presumably you sit down and have a conversation about what that cake is going to look like and and presumably it's the couple that's controlling you know the kind of cake and 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 the type of decorations on it so not every type of expression first of all is artistic but then second of all even as among artistic expression. I mean, I think this baker clearly considers himself to be an artist, but um does that does the message come across clearly that the baker is the person who is uh celebrating the wedding?
0: Is is there any any danger of parsing the 1st amendment the way this discussion is going and the way some people are looking at it?
1: Um well, I mean Possibly. certainly, there's so much case law out there. I mean, we're almost inevitably headed toward this conflict um, because there's so many. Uh, Equal protection cases on the one end, um, Mm anti-discrimination laws that uh, exist in various states. Now um, the marriage equality law from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, And then on the other hand, we have all of these different pieces of the First Amendment, you know, the right to free exercise of religion, the right to free speech, including expression and artistic expression. Um, So I'm not really sure what the outcome of all that will be, but I think that Um, You know, I think a lot of people who are religious and believe that there should be an exception are hoping that there will be a space in which uh, they can perform their religious beliefs or not perform them as the case may be, Um, whereas others believe that anti-discrimination law is, you know, predominant. We have had cases in the past, and in fact, this court in the case on Monday referenced a case— And I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's like Piggy. I don't know. It's from the civil rights era. Anyway, it was a barbecue place in South Carolina that um, the the owner um, during the civil rights era with the 1964 Civil Rights Act claimed that not serving uh, people of color, specifically African-American people, was a religious belief of his. And the United States Supreme Court said, you know, we're allowed to create – fair and neutral laws that might impact on someone's religion if there is a compelling reason to do so. Um, it's Piggy Park Enterprises. I just uh, okay. I just looked at okay. it. So. Um,
0: well, overall, the impact of this most recent decision is not that big.
1: I agree with that. Um, and in fact, I, I think it is – almost confusing in result. Uh, You know, there have been people across the country who have reacted to it in varying ways by putting up signs in their places of business saying that they aren't going to serve LGBTQ people. Um, And so, you know, there there are, uh, you know, the ACLU primarily, but other organizations trying to pass an Equality Act at the national level that would ensure that people receive public accommodations regardless of their um, identity and orientation. The
0: story's not over, and uh, you're, you're right, it is confusing, and that's why we wanted you to be with us, <laughs> to help Dev explain. I and, think
1: I'm confused too, though, so I'm not sure that— uh, Well,
0: you, you helped me a lot, I'll tell you that. And Garrity Rathard, thank you so much for being with us. Professor of Legal Studies at uh, Webster University. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.